newsletter, March 2024. Monty Python and the Eighth House South Node. Getting older is weird business. I'm quite aware that some of you readers and listeners might have no idea who Monty Python was, and in fact, some of you may even think he was one person. There were actually six Englishmen who formed a hugely successful comedy troupe back in 1969. It's been said that they did for comedy what the Beatles did for music. And give an old guy a break. You've heard of the Beatles, right? Okay. Well, in any case, before I go any further, let me reassure you that this new newsletter will be about astrology. In fact, a very serious branch of astrology. It won't just be me strolling down memory lane. Please indulge me for a moment, though. It's December 1969. I'm 20 years old and watching TV with my parents, who were actually pretty cool. Python comes on doing a skit about a man returning a dead parrot to a pet shop. A hilarious argument ensues about whether the bird is actually dead or not, when it quite obviously is. I have tears of laughter running down my cheeks, while my parents are baffled and probably a bit concerned about my mental health. That's what critics meant when they said that Python did for comedy what the Beatles did for music. They changed everything. As ever with such things, young people got it right away, while many of the older ones were left scratching their heads, at least for a while. They were funny, Python was, but more importantly, they changed what funny meant. For example, talk about a paradigm shift. They did away with punchlines back in a time when the punchline was the point of every joke. It was a whole new way of thinking about humor. They also pushed the far edges of what was acceptable. We're talking about fat people exploding from eating one more thin mint, physical mutations, mutilations, witch burnings, a guy named Brian being mistaken for Jesus in Jerusalem, and him having sex, and then being rescued from the mob by a flying saucer. I mean, Monty Python was hilarious and often very dark. Times were looser then. Much of what they did would be forbidden today. Even back then, one of their films was in fact banned entirely in Ireland and Norway while being shut down in many cities across the globe. To learn more, just Google them, or even better, watch one of their films, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, The Life of Brian, or The Meaning of Life. Astrologically, we're lucky. The charts of all six of the Pythons are an Astro data bank, and all but one has a Rodden rating of A. The remaining one, Graham Chapman, has a C rating. His mom only remembers that he was born around breakfast. For our purposes, I will leave him out of our considerations. Here's the truly startling point and the basis of what I want to explore with you here. Of the five members of the Python troop with accurate birth times, four of them have the south node of the moon in the eighth house. The odds against that happening by chance are obviously astronomically long. Let's see if we can make sense of it. Let me start with the astrological facts. John Cleese and Terry Gilliam both have the south node in Aries, while Eric Idle and Michael Palin have it in Aquarius, and it's in the eighth house in all four cases. 
Terry Jones, by the way, is the outlier with his south node in Pisces and the 12th house. Meanwhile, in the C-rated chart of Graham Chapman, the south node falls in Aries and the second house, with the north node then in Libra and in the eighth house, conjunct Neptune. Even though Chapman breaks the pattern of Pythons having eighth house south nodes, his eighth house Neptune opposing his south node would make the eighth house a significant part of any reading of his karmic signature. But to keep everything pure and simple here, I'm going to ignore him. And of course, we have a shaky time on him anyway. By the way, as always, I am using Placidus houses here. That's the system that speaks to me. So there is clearly a pattern here, but how can we explain it? These are comedians, funny guys, and yet the eighth house is always represented as profoundly serious. After all, historically, its most common name was the House of Death. Reading about it, you can feel its natural association with the eighth sign of the zodiac, Scorpio. And what's funnier than finding a scorpion in your shoe? I mean, seriously, there's nothing funny about scorpions or losing a loved one or hearing the doctor say, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. Death and pain are not topics for party chit-chat. There are, of course, many other such taboo topics. All of them are symbolized by the eighth house. The eighth house references anything that is so emotionally charged that it becomes a candidate for being driven into the unconscious mind. In my experience, the eighth house is also very sexual. But again, we mean that word in its most serious, emotionally stormy context. We're talking about the feelings released as people try to mate and bond with each other, not just the obvious physical charms of sex. And when mating and bonding go bad, people experience extremes of feeling. Thoughts of suicide or homicide can easily arise, for example. Think of the heartbroken, jilted lover jumping off a bridge, or, or think of how you felt when you discovered that your partner had been seeing somebody else. Who would call the eighth house the house of comedians? How can that even be possible? Well, actually, yes. Think of the last 10,000 jokes and gags you've heard. Analyze them for content, and what do you find? Throw away the puns and the plays on words, and what you've got left is a profile of the unconscious mind, which is to say everything that we're not allowed to talk about, except perhaps in the form of humor. To put it simply, for starters, before we're 12 years old, most of the jokes we hear are about excretory functions. Again, not cocktail party chit-chat. After age 12, most of them are about sex. Now, a dirty joke, so-called, might fly at a cocktail party, but you'd be in trouble there if you began to speak honestly or inquiringly about people's sex lives or about death or disease. Try this, and my apologies if this offends someone. The doctor says I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is that you have Alzheimer's. The good news is that you can go home and forget about it. Well, it's funny, but not if you or someone you love just got that diagnosis. 
The point is that life is so fierce that talking honestly about half of it will get you banned from most social gatherings. To put it in astrological terms, out in public, you can talk about almost anything unless it bears the fingerprints of the eighth house. Then it is taboo. But even there, we have a loophole. Since the beginning of time, humans have used humor as a way of talking about those kinds of subjects. More precisely, it's actually a weird way of sort of talking about them without really talking about them. In other words, such humor probably serves a necessary psychological function in society, a release valve, so to speak. But then, who are these comedians? Who are these priests and priestesses of the unconscious mind? They've often got eighth house signatures in their charts. We hear all the cliches about the tears of the clown. There's folklore about wounded or depressed comedians, and plenty of at least anecdotal evidence for it. How many of us were shocked and heartbroken when Robin Williams decided to end his own life? What about all the comedians who've died of drug overdoses? With an 8th house south node, such as what we see in the Python troupe, the basic premise in evolutionary astrology is that in a prior life, something hurt you very badly. That karma has ripened in this lifetime, which means the time has come for you to deal with it, to regain your second house confidence and your sense of personal security. There's the healing north node signature. Each astrological situation would be different depending on the signs, planets, and aspects involved, but they would all hold in common some element of nightmare. One possibility is that such a nightmare might just trigger an enormous sense of humor, at least humor of the edgy sort that we often call gallows humor. Now, is that the case with the four members of the Python troupe? Each man has his own karmic story, of course, and analysis of each of their individual charts is obviously beyond the scope of this newsletter. If you're interested in taking it further, I've posted their birth data at the end of the text version of, of, of all of this. Uh, but the core principles of evolutionary astrology guarantee that each of the four of them was born with enormous pain based on something tragic and hurtful that happened long ago. I want to tie everything together here with a long, slightly abridged quote about the 8th house south node taken from my 2008 book, Yesterday's Sky, Astrology and Reincarnation. I'm doing this for two reasons. One, if you'll forgive me, is simply to avoid rewriting it all here. But the second is that these are words that I started writing almost 20 years ago and which have been frozen in print now for 16 years. It's too late now to force fit them to John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, and Michael Palin. So basically, you know I'm being honest here. Read these words or reflect on them and imagine the deep well of pain and maybe possibly healing from which Monty Python's dark hilarity emerged. So what follows from chapter 7 of Yesterday's Sky? 
storminess, strong emotion, and enormous intensity, all left over from prior lifetimes, define your mood. With the south node in the eighth house, your character has been forged in fire, and very possibly in a nightmare as well. We can safely assume that you have had experiences which were extreme, as intimately revealing as a psychic x-ray and laced with tragic elements. The eighth house is the traditional house of death. Mortality is not the only issue here, but it probably figures prominently in your prior life picture. Of course, we have all died in previous incarnations, but here your prior life death has drama. It was not natural as we would normally define that word. Perhaps nothing creates such strong emotions in us as such deaths. Just think of movie scenes that have put tears in your eyes. A friend has just given his life for a friend. The good guy whispers his last words. Imagine a young man drafted into war and seeing mangled, decaying corpses for the first time. Imagine a medieval woman loading the dead onto the plague wagons. Imagine a man holding his dying wife in his arms and hearing the cries of their newborn infant. What do such experiences do to a person? How do they respond? The, the answers, of course, are as varied as the individual's. Perhaps we see profound, emotionally naked honesty. Maybe we see shell-shocked denial. Maybe evolution is accelerated. Possibly it is stalled as we are overwhelmed by the horror of our experiences. And in every case, the mark of deep wounding is left. Fear, grief, and anxiety. And just possibly a capacity for fantastic sex. And that's not a spurious remark, even though it sounds that way. The greatest enemy of deep sexuality is emotional distance. With an 8th house south node, there have likely been experiences of deep emotional bonding in your soul's history, and perhaps of shared tragedy. But something was left unresolved there, too. That's always part of the meaning of the South Node. With that particular South Node, you will probably meet those lovers again in this life. There's business to be finished, such as the power of the soul magnetism. You find each other again decades or centuries later in new bodies. Let's also recognize that human sexuality can ally itself with the most depraved aspects of our natures. With the South Node in the Eighth House, you may have been touched by those kinds of experiences too. Sexual humiliation, rape, molestation. Well, that's the end of the quote from yesterday's sky. You get the picture. John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, and Michael Palin were each born with a natural understanding of the tragic dimension of life. Each was born with an instinctive familiarity with life's potential darkness. We could say that each man is in recovery in this lifetime, and to heal their wounded souls, each one was using one of humanity's most ancient medicines, laughing in the face of darkness. They were laughing at death's illusions. They were laughing at death's frailty in the face of the immortal, indomitable human spirit. 
I smiled to imagine some combinations of them as couples who shared a hard prior lifetime, whatever their genders were back then. I also smile to realize that about one out of every 12 of you hearing these words has the South Node in the 8th house too. And may the great mystery smile on your healing journey, and I hope you've gotten a good laugh out of this newsletter. And that last sentence is a lot more serious than it sounds. Thank you.